Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. I think we should clap for those announcements. Good job, guys. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for being here. Uh, We do have quite a few uh, guests today, so I just want to say thank you for coming. And also, um, just remind you, stop by the Welcome Center after service and pick up your gift. We have a a Lighthouse water bottle and coffee cup. You you can pick out one of those, so make sure you stop by and uh, pick up your gift. I did want to give an update, Matt, today, actually, on some of the 10% that we set aside. So Pastor Stanley Lonathan uh, is a pastor from South Sudan, and he started a orphanage, an orphanage uh, several years ago, and I visited there several times. They had to leave out of South Sudan, and they are in northern Uganda at this time in a refugee camp, but he occasionally just calls me and, and asks uh, for help with some things. And so um, about a month ago, he asked and said, hey, Clint, um, we need clothes for the children, and we also need beds for the children because the, the bunk beds that we had made for them at one time were falling apart. If you could appreciate, you have 120 kids climbing all over these things, and so they were falling apart. So here's some pictures of the bunk beds that we had made for them uh, just recently, and then we also have a picture of some uh, clothes and some more bunk beds. But when we buy clothes, we buy them by the, the bale of clothes and uh, get those delivered out to the kids. And that's Pastor Stanley Lonathan. So again, thanks for your generosity. It allows us to be a blessing to people around the world. Uh, One more announcement from me. Uh, For for some of you, you just wanted to know about this. You had asked me. We're doing communion, celebrating communion, in two weeks on the 18th. So you'll want to come back, and we'll be celebrating communion during worship. All right, so currently, we're in a summer series titled Good Advice, Godly wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And through this series in July and August, we've been asking the whole church body to join together in reading the proverb of the day. So, for example, today is the fourth. So, today you would be reading Proverbs chapter four. There's 31 days in July, 31 in August, and there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. And so we as a church have been embarking upon this journey of becoming more wise, right, as we read this book of Proverbs this summer. So if if you're new to this, I would encourage you, you can still jump in, start reading chapter four today, and uh, join with us as we move along through the rest of the month. But every week, we are teaching from one of the the chapters that you would have read the previous week. So today, we'll actually be in Proverbs chapter 3. If you want to turn there now, you can, but that's where we'll be. Uh, But last week, Matt LaFree taught a message called Humbleness, the Art of Minimizing Me. And his two points were we can be humble by downplaying our deeds and bragging about our buddies. And it was a great message on how to be near to God by humbling ourselves. And if you missed that, you can catch it online on our website or download the podcast as well. But today, our topic is going to be generosity. Generosity. We're going to hit that one today out of Proverbs. But I will tell you, I'm not a naturally generous person. I'll just tell you that right up front. There are people who are gifted with the spiritual gift of giving. I just don't happen to be one of them. 
Um, and I'm going to tell you some of those stories. Now, most pastors probably want to get up here and tell you their weaknesses, but that's pretty much a topic every week, I think, is because uh, there's a lot of things I can share. So anyway, when I went to South Sudan the first time, talking about going to see Pastor Stanley, I took along my Leatherman Wave multi-tool. You can see this. Anybody have one of those? If you don't, you should buy one. I mean, these are the best, best multi-tools. MacGyver could do anything with that knife. I can just tell you that. So when I go out of the country or I go on a camping trip, I, I always take my multi-tool along because I can solve any problem with it. So I'm in South Sudan, and we spent the, the week there, and uh, they don't have Walmarts there. Amazon doesn't deliver there. I mean, there was no chance that I would find a multi-tool anywhere in this country or anything like it. So I took mine along, and uh, I met this guy. He was the mechanic of the dump truck that we were driving around in. And uh, at the end of the week, God said to me, I want you to give him your, your multi-tool. I was like, oh, man, I really liked my multi-tool, you know? And he's like, you can buy another one. I'm like, oh, Okay. Okay, so I gave him my multi-tool because I knew there was no chance he would ever find a device like this, a tool like this in the country. And he was so grateful. He was so thankful. And I came back home and I got on Amazon and bought a brand new multi-tool, you know? Uh, they're about $80 each, so they're not cheap, but they're not terribly expensive. So it came in the mail and I had my new multi-tool. The next year, I went back to South Sudan, took my multi-tool along, you know, and I was super excited about having a brand new one. Went into the country. About halfway through the week, I, we met this guy. His name was Anthony, and, and he was all about, like, construction. And I was like, oh, God, you're not going to tell me this again, are you? And he says, yeah, you need to give this to Anthony. I'm like, oh, okay. So I gave him my tool, got home, ordered another one on Amazon, and got a new one. Next year, I went and I took it along again and, and met one of these orphan kids, and, I, and I, I felt like I was supposed to give it to him. Gave him my multi-tool. So I'm starting to see a pattern here, right? You know, God's setting me up. So the next year, like the fourth year, I go to pack my stuff, and I see my multi-tool, and I'm like, I'm not taking that. There's no way. I'm not going to take it. I'm going to find a cheap jackknife. I'm going to take that along. And that's what, I mean, again, I, I ended up taking it, but, but that's what... I'm naturally, I'm like, I'm not the most generous person. Um, another example is if, if you ever had your kids come to you or have you ever been in, like, asked to do a food drive, anybody? You know, what do you do? I, I like to go into the, the pantry and find, like, creamed asparagus. I mean, something that from Spartans that you never would eat from 1945, you know? And you just, you throw that in the bag and say, here you go, you know, get rid of all the stuff. I mean, that's, that's how I'm kind of naturally wired. Um, I mean, even when it comes to going out to eat, I would rather go to Chipotle where you don't have to tip anyone, you know, just so I don't have to give extra money away. You know, I just, that's kind of how I'm wired. So I'm not a naturally generous person. I know some people who are, and they have the spiritual gift of giving. And I even know one, he's a crazy guy. He actually carries around a $50 bill or a $100 bill in his wallet, just kind of folded up in there, just in case somebody needs money. You know, he can, he can give it to them. That's not me. You can check my wallet. There's not one of those in there. But I will tell you this. I have learned to be generous. I have learned to be generous. Even though I'm not naturally a generous person, I've learned. A couple of reasons why. One is I married Rose. Rose, my wife, is has the spiritual gift of giving and has taught me to be a little more generous. Thank you, 
Rose, I appreciate that. Uh, and secondly, I've learned, I've learned that when you give to God, he gives back to you. Um, you cannot outgive God. It's impossible to outgive God. When we are generous, God takes care of us. Proverbs 11.24 says, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Or you can say, well, what goes around comes around, right? Another scripture, Proverbs 19 says, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. And you think about that for a second. If you're kind to the poor, like if you give them $10, that's like lending to God. And you know, God will repay, right? I mean, he's good on his debts. If you lend to God, he's going to give it back, and he's going to give it back with interest. Here are a few more quotes uh, on being generous. You do not have to be rich to be generous. Think about that. You do not have to be rich to be generous. And then Corey Ten Boom says, the measure of a life, after all, is not its duration, but its donation. A lot of truth to that one, too, if you think about that. It's what you give away that really matters when it's all said and done. And then this last one, your greatness is not what you have, it's what you give. It's what you give. Now, the reality is, I think that each one of us wants to be generous, or at least we want to be known <laughs> as being generous. I don't think anyone here says, I really want to be known as stingy. I hope my nickname is Scrooge. You know, they just, that doesn't happen, right? But I would say that few of us are naturally generous. You know, few of us have the spiritual gift of giving. So many of us probably need to grow in this area. So how do we grow in generosity? That's going to be the question we're going to try to answer today is how we grow in generosity. And I believe that the proverb section that we're going to read today helps to answer that. So we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3. And by the way, for those of you that are reading through uh, Proverbs in July and August, this would be your second time through, um, through Proverbs in August. I did hear from someone this week who said, my second time through, I'm going to read it in a different translation. So that's an idea, too. If you're, you're like, oh, i got to go through it again, uh, maybe try out, if you're reading in the NIV, try the NLT or try the message and just get a different perspective of it. I don't know about you, but I need this wisdom all the time. So this is really, really helpful for me. So Proverbs chapter 3, I'm going to read verses 5 through 10. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine." So our message title today is Generosity, Growing in Giving, Growing in Giving. And I'm going to give you a couple of points that you can fill in on your handout if you would like. But let me pray, and then we'll get started. So God, we come to you, and we recognize that you want the church, the people of the church, to be generous, Father. We recognize that. And Lord, we know that it's difficult. You know that it's difficult. 
So Lord, I pray that today you would give us some insight, some direction, some instruction, so that we can be more generous, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so you can fill these in on your handout. We can all become more generous when we trust God to meet our needs. Trust God to meet our needs. So verses five and six, says, five and six say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So the scripture is all about trusting God and submitting our will to him and following his direction. But specifically, as you go further down, he's talking about our wealth. He's talking about our money. So it's trusting God with our finances. And I'll tell you, it's tough to do that because for many of us, money is actually security. You know, money, when we have money in our pockets or we have money in our bank accounts, then we feel more secure. And when we don't have it, it, it makes us a little bit, you know, uh, worried or, or fearful. But when we have finances, we feel like it can take care of us. But God wants us to trust in him instead of our money. He wants us to trust in him instead of our finances. Again, back to that first trip to South Sudan. Here's a picture of me. I don't know if you can picture which one's me. I'm the one in the middle. Okay. With, with a lot of these kids. I had more hair back then. That was a long time ago. That was a lot of fun on that first trip. So I visited this church, and this was right after the school and the church and the orphanage. This was right after they had kind of come out of uh, decades of civil unrest and civil war. In fact, it's what's happening again uh, now. But during this time of peace, they were coming out of it, but there was extreme poverty everywhere. Uh, war on your own soil creates incredible poverty. So they didn't have much food, they didn't have much clothing, and very little money to, to buy any of these resources. But one thing that the church there did have and the people had, they had faith. Man, they had an incredible amount of faith. And so on Friday nights, the young people and, and the church would get together and they would pray and intercede and cry out to God all night long. They would fast all the time. Uh, they would, you know, at the beginning of the year, they would fast for a week. And, the, and just about every week, they were fasting and just praying and crying out to God to intervene to meet their needs because they didn't have the security of finances. And I believe that in response to their act of faith, their, their prayers, um, this pastor from, you know, at the time I was at a church in Mishawaka, Indiana, was sent over thousands of miles to meet Pastor Stanley, to meet these children, to meet the church, and to begin a partnership to meet their needs. And over the years, the Vineyard Church in Mishawaka, where I was on staff, they actually raised and gave hundreds of thousands of dollars to support the, the children over there, to support the church over there, the people over there. And not just the Vineyard Church in Mishawaka. There was Pastor Bill Mickler was actually over there the same time I was. He's the pastor of Victory Lafayette, I'm sorry, Victory Christian Center in West Lafayette, Indiana. And he raised money and continues to raise money for the children over there. That has approached, it's over a million dollars that he has raised to help the children and the church over there in South Sudan. And now God is, is partnering Lighthouse. 
Vineyard Church with them. And we've already given over $5,000, and we're just getting started. In fact, we're sending a team to go over there and be a blessing at the end of the year and just see how we can help Pastor Stanley and help these children over in South Sudan and Uganda. Well, I believe that all of this help came because they trusted in God and not in money. They trusted that God would meet their needs. When Paul was talking to the church in Philippi, he was thanking them for their generosity. And in chapter 4, he says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. We can trust God to meet our needs. It's not a good idea to put our trust in money. Now, just a couple of stats from our, uh, our stock market. You guys know in 2008, 2009, the stock market really took a dive. Well, it went down 54%. And so some of our investments for retirement, I just watched them just cut in half in just a short amount of time. It was crazy. I mean, just you can't really trust money. The same thing happened uh, in, on August 8th of 2011. The stock market, again, took this huge crash, and over a trillion dollars were lost in one day, just a trillion dollars. Reminds me of the scripture in Matthew chapter 6 that says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. If our hope is in money, we're going to be let down. We're just going to be let down. But we can trust God. We can put our faith in God. So you can write this in on your handout. God is more trustworthy than the FDIC. (laughs) Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. It is just true. It's just true. God is more trustworthy than the FDIC. So we can become more generous when we, first of all, understand that God, we can trust God to meet our needs, not our finances. We can trust God. That lets us be a little more loose with our finances and become more generous. And then number two, we can all become more generous when we practice giving to God first. When we practice giving to God first and not last, not the leftovers, we're talking about first. Verses 9 and 10, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. So God is talking about honoring, the scripture is talking about honoring God with our finances and with our first fruits. And so, I mean, we don't have many farmers in here today, right? So some of us can be like, well, I don't have any crops, so I'll just move on to the next scripture, right? We just kind of move on from that. But what, let's just kind of talk about what I meant by first fruits. So the first fruits offering was what happened every harvest season back in the Old Testament, even into the New Testament. And so as they would go out and do their first harvest of grapes, they would, instead of eating it or selling it, because I mean, I bet it was high on the market at that point, because nobody had had grapes for a year, you know? So instead of taking the grapes and selling them and making money, what people would do, what they were commanded to do, is take their first fruits and offer it to God 
as a thanks offering for what he's done so far and his provision moving forward in the future as well. So they would honor God with the first fruits of their olive oil, of their wheat, of their uh, grapes, corn, beans, all those kinds of things. So now, how does that work for us today? Well, we don't all harvest from our you know, cornfields. Some of us do, but not all of us. But God has blessed us with wealth. So this is really talking about our paycheck. All right, this is talking about our paycheck. We are to honor God with our money. And one of the ways that we can honor God with our income is to tithe, a temp, you know, give 10% back to him. So it's a tithe. Now, I will tell you, tithe means 10%. And I didn't know that. When I was growing up, I, I grew up in the church, but nobody ever taught me about the tithe. I just didn't understand it. And so I thought tithe meant gift. I thought it meant the same thing. And so they would pass a plate during church, and I would reach into my, my wallet, and I'd pull out and look and see how much can I spare, you know, what's left over. And I would put that in the plate because the offering plate was coming by, and so I would give some. That's what I did. And then later on, when I started working at Memorial Hospital, I was at a church where they actually taught what the tithe was, and they taught that it's 10% of your income. Now, at that time, I'd just gotten out of college, so I actually had a, my first real paycheck you know, coming in. I was getting paid every two weeks. And so I did the math as to what that would be, and I'm like, no way. That's a lot of money. I'm not giving that. So, but I'll give a little bit more. So I started giving a little bit more. And then I got a raise at, the, at my job. I was like, oh, well, I can guess I can give a little bit more. So I gave a little bit more. I got another raise. And I'm like, well, I, I could give a little more. And I got another raise. In fact, I moved up to tithing that year. I actually started tithing 10% of my income. But my income went up 25% that first year. It was crazy how God immediately uh, gave back to me everything that I gave him and then some. So I was ahead 15%. It was quite a blessing. Well, God wants us to honor him with our wealth. And through that time, um, Rose and I have always learned how to tithe. And we, we've always given 10%. And, and I quit my job at the hospital and went to a lower paying job at the church. And God met all of our needs. And then a year ago, I quit my job at the church to not have a job starting a church over here in Elkhart, and God has met our needs all the way through. And we've been faithful in tithing. And I'm just, I just want to tell you guys, honoring God with your wealth has incredible returns. And it's not just about our tithe. God wants us to also um, give to the poor around us, to those that are in need. That's an important thing for, for God. Proverbs 21, 13 says, whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. So that's a warning. And then Psalms 41, verse 1 says, blessed are those who have regard for the weak, for the poor. The Lord delivers them in their times of trouble. So we need to be prepared to help the poor. Our financial blessings are not about us because as we tithe and give to God, trust me, he will bless you. But it's not just so that you can spend it on yourself. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to those around us. Going back to our, our section of uh, scriptures in chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. 
If you don't feel like your barns are filled to overflowing right now, I would just challenge you and ask you, are you giving to God what's his? Are you giving to God what's his? Because these promises are true. These promises are true. So God wants us to be generous. And when he gives back, when he pays back to us, because he just does, it's kind of like the law of gravity. You know, what goes up must come down. If we are generous, God will pay us back. He will take care of us. Luke chapter 6 says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So I love that image. You know, if you have a, a cup of grain, let's say, and you, and you give it to God, um, he ends up filling it back up, pressing it down, and then having it kind of flowing over as he gives it back to you. That's the image of how God pays us back. And I will tell you, that is what I've seen in, in, in my life, in, in our lives. As we've learned this discipline of tithing, and as we have also looked out and seen the poor among us and tried to help them in addition to the tithe, God has blessed us. And I will tell you, I'm not saying that to brag about us. I would rather not share that with all of you. But I'm sharing it because I want you to also be blessed and be a blessing to those around you. Now, as a church, as we mentioned, um, we decided early on to give 10% back to, our, to the community around us and around the world, those that are in need. But that didn't come without intentionality. And, and when you're going to be, decide to be a generous person, you're going to have to be intentional about it. You're going to have to make decisions up front and not do what I was doing, which was pull out my billfold and go, well, what's left over? Um, that's what I have to offer. You know, it's about planning up front. And so I have a few tips for you on how you can uh, give to God first. The first one is to give to God before paying your bills. This is just human nature. I'll tell you how it works for me. Basically, I, I write my tide check before I pay any bills. I pay my bills every two weeks when I get paid. And there have been times when I forgot to write the tithe check, and so I paid my bills, and I got down to the end, and I go, oh, I have to write my tithe check. And then I look, and I go, well, that's only going to leave me like 150 bucks in my checking account. I don't know if I can tithe the whole amount, uh, you know, because I only have 150. Versus the other way around, where I do my tithe first, pay my bills, and there's 150 left, I go, woohoo! I got $150, paid all my bills. You know, it's just mentally how it works. So I would encourage you, just, just give to God first. Give to God first. It's a lot easier than trying to negotiate it at the end. Uh, number two, keep some extra cash in your pocket. So keep some extra cash in your pocket. Like I said, my friend who does this. So that when you see some needs around you, somebody that needs a meal or they need uh, clothing or, or whatever, they just have a financial need, you can just pull it out and give it to them. It's a lot harder to do with a credit card or an ATM card. So just have some cash around. And then number three, set up a least of these savings account. This is something that Rose and I have done over the years, which is basically we, we set aside, we plan and set aside money to give away in our, in our account so that when we see and hear about a need, somebody's going on a mission trip, things like that, um, we've already planned for it. You know, that's, these are just some ideas of how we plan ahead and try to give God our first fruits intentionally up front. I'm going to end with a scripture and a quote that you can fill in on your handout. Um, but I'm going to invite Tony. I think you're on keys. 
No, who's, no. What? John Michael? I'm going to invite John Michael up here. Okay. <laughs> On guitar. Um, so 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8 says, Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And by the way, that's one of the verses that kind of directs us as to why we don't pass a plate. I do not want you guys to give out of compulsion or worry about what other people think. That's, it's between you and God. You know? So give what God has directed you to give. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And that's what God wants. He wants us to have all that we need, not necessarily all that we want, because I want a Ferrari, but what I need is a dependable car. And that's what we have. We have. God gives us what we need when we prioritize him. And again, it's so that we can abound in every good work. That's why God wants us to bless us, is so that we can abound in every good work. The last quote, you can fill this in on your handout. This is by missionary Jim Elliott, who was, who was uh, martyred on the mission field. He said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. That's point number two. We can all become more generous when we practice giving to God first. I'm going to invite Rose to come up here and she's going to lead us in a time of prayer. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family and we'll see you next time.